All right. I hope everybody sees that. So hey, uh, this is new uh, for me, the Discord. Uh, thanks for uh, Space Ghost Force for setting this up. Uh, um, Space has uh, gotten in with the undroppables and, and pretty much hooked it up to where we are all going to do our own uh, AMAs. Um, Blake Hampton uh, was our first uh, victim <laughs> or subject. Um, last week and I volunteered. I wanted to get involved. This is really exciting to me. This group is 5,000 people strong. So this is something that the undroppables are uh, ready to, uh, to infiltrate. Um, so we'll get right into it here, guys. We had some great questions. Um, I'm going to scroll up first question and, uh, going here. Uh, so our first question was, what is Gardner Minshew's dynasty outlook? Um, I like starting off with the mustache here. Um, Minshew's going to have to step it up to avoid being a two-year wonder, I think. Um, right now, I really like him as a, a third QB in Superflex formats for dynasty. If you guys do uh, Superflex, I like having him as that third QB to cover bye weeks, cover injuries. Uh, you can get him late. Um, I don't know how many people will be doing Superflex and Redraft this year, but I, I would go with the same strategy there. I like getting a guy like Tannehill or uh, Bridgewater or Minshew late to cover that third spot. You've got to have three QBs in Superflex. Um, but the best thing he has going for him, uh, honestly, is marketability. Um, the town loves this kid. Um, they sell a lot of jerseys because of him. I think he's very marketable. I think that will... Um, give him a little bit longer leash. Um, you know, he was a pack um, He held the records that uh, actually Anthony Gordon broke this year. Um, but uh, um, you know, the kid's got spunk. He's got he's got uh, moxie. Uh, I know that made me sound really old saying spunk and moxie, but uh, um, you know, the team has definitely ra rallied around him. Um, I, I would just be worried that you know, if he falters, uh, you know, he's going to have you know, there's not the high draft capital involved there. Um, so he's going to have a short leash, a little bit longer leash due to that ability. So I don't know that I would invest a, a ton in him long term, but I do have him as the QB3 in a bunch of super flex leagues. Um, so that was, uh, that was Minshew, and that was uh, Brees Hall Stan. Uh, thanks for that question. Uh, Space Ghost jumped in here. If I'm going to roster Gurley, would you recommend as the handcuff to hedge my injury concerns? Um, unfortunately, you may have to roster a couple guys to handcuff uh, Gurley this year because it's a little bit of a ragtag group there behind him. Um, Ito Smith, uh, Brian Smith, uh, Padre Allison. Um, right now I say it's Ito Smith. If you look at the early projections for draft, uh, you know, for uh, – uh, depth charts. Ito's the guy there. Um, I'm not a fan of Brian Smith. He got a chance to carry the load last year. I tweeted out, uh, you know, not to uh, start the guy and he did not have a very startable game either. Uh, it was a small sample size, but he showed me really what I expected and that wasn't much. I think Judge Ito is the, uh, is the handcuff there in, uh, in Atlanta for right now. Uh, so thanks, Space Ghost Force. And then uh, we have our first question from Damian Harris-Hype. Um, he has a few questions on here, which is cool. 
Uh, follow up Gurley or Connor in redraft. Half point PPR, pros and cons. Uh, is one more injury prone uh, than the other? Is one more prone to score than the other? Um, Connor and Gurley are very close for me in redraft. Um, I actually have our droppables doc, Adam Hutchins, uh, doing a profile on Connor right now because I'm actually a little bit more worried about his injury uh, situation than I think most people are. Um, if you look at how they used him down the stretch last year, he had a myriad of injuries. And even when uh, healthy, um, they he was off the field late in games when they really needed him. I think they were managing his touches. I don't think Connor can pull a full workload, but um, Gurley probably can either with his knees. Um, and uh, Adam Hutchins has done a, a nice profile on Gurley. You can check that out over at uh, campcutlist.com, and uh, there'll be one on Gurley coming to soon. Um, the upside for me here is Gurley uh, as far as pass catching upside in a half PPR format and uh, touchdown upside. So um, I would give a slight nod to Gurley. Honestly, in redraft, um, you know, I'd be fine passing on both of these guys uh, for maybe a better option. So um, next one here. Uh, this one is from Tuba Deuce. Uh, says that I am surprisingly high on Noah Fant uh, in my dynasty rankings. There's a lot of new competition for targets. You have Drew Locke ranked pretty low in your quarterback rankings. Do you think Fant becomes the premier weapon in Denver over Sutton, Judy, and Melvin Gordon the third? A very good question, Tuba. Um, you know, for one, you don't have to have um, a, a high quarterback ranking to support some some good fantasy production. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's proven that for many years, where he's had top, top, top options and finished as, you know, sometimes the, you know, QB two or QB three, but sometimes inexplicably as the, as the QB 16 too, you know? So um, I don't think you have to have quarterback lineup. It is a good question. Um, I'm not completely sold on lock. I think he needs to take a big step up this year. Um, but uh, I am higher on Fant than most. Um, most people have him outside their, uh, you know, way outside their top five. I think I have him as my number six uh, quarter, uh, tight end in Dynasty. Um, I like Fant's chances with new, new offensive coordinator Pat Shermer, who has been a tight end coach uh, twice in this league. Um, Fant's metrics are insane. Uh, pull up his player profiler. He's 96th to 99th percentile in every measurable way. And uh, – his comp on player profile is George Kittle. Um, he's just got um, all of those attributes uh, to be a stud. Um, he did flash last year with a couple games of uh, four for 113 and one and uh, three for 113 and one. A couple really big plays there. And I bring up the big plays because I saw four or five dropped balls that really weren't dropped balls. They were. Uh, thrown at his at his feet um, with some more chemistry and uh, and getting that ball out in front of him, um, he could have had you know 
three or four more huge, you know, 50, 60 yard plays. Uh, these were all big plays and uh, it doesn't take many more of those to really, uh, uh, you know, skyrocket you in, in dynasty rankings and tight end rankings because there's so much muddling between the sixth and number six and 14 guy. Um, he also had one of the better, rookie tight end seasons that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, of course you've got Evan Ingram and George Kittle, but uh, really he ranked uh, uh, top 10 that we've seen in the last 10 years for a rookie. Um, so, you know, I think that deep ball uh, is going to um, come to fruition a little bit more. The chemistry will be improved, but no, I don't think he'll be the top option. Um, imagine him running free down the middle with uh, defenses concentrating on Sutton and Judy, um, that's where he will eat. Um, I don't necessarily think he'll be like a Kittle or a Kelsey where he just takes over and demands the top targets in the offense. But um, I think he could definitely uh, crack that top five, and that's uh, pretty much where I have him. I think I have him number six. Um, so the next one is from uh, Gurnals. You guys have some interesting names on here. Um, <laughs> having a little bit of trouble scrolling. Sorry. Um, on a 12-man redraft, what's the best position and strategy you prefer to go by? Um, examples, running back, running back, wide receiver, running back, running back, running back, wide receiver. You know, uh, for example, um, Gurnall's good question. Um, the those who that follow me on Sleeper know that my mantra for drafting any draft is is my only plan is to not have a plan. Um, I hate being pigeonholed into okay, I'm going to get a running back, and I'm, then I'm going to get a running back. I'm going to get my tight end. You know, I, I really want the draft to come to me and take the value. Um, you know, having said that, this year is going to be a good year to take running backs early. I think you're going to want running back with your first two picks. Um, or, uh, you know, two out of your first three picks anyway. Um, <clears throat> where do I want to draft? Uh, you know, I want one of those early to mid picks where I'm still getting like a Zeke um, or a Chubb or, um, you know, otherwise I would, wouldn't mind drafting a little bit later and getting, uh, you know, or Mixon, Dalvin Cook a little bit later and getting a combination of whoever falls to me there then the next guys around the turn we're going to talk about austin eckler here in a little bit his viability in the in the second round um this follow-up question is do you think tj hawkinson slide into the top five tight end ranking um well he could i mean the reason why i'm higher on fant than hawkinson is hawkinson uh did have some trouble staying on the field last year he has those same amazing metrics and uh, that offense, you know, Matt, Patricia, they definitely do uh, like to focus the tight end. Um, that Gus Ferenz coaching tree. There's a the whole connection going back to Gus Ferenz in Iowa, which is the tight end factory. As we know with Kittle Hawkinson. And um, I don't think he could get into the top five this year. You never know. Um, but uh there's some guys, there's an, a, a question about late tight end sleepers. So I'm going to save that. There's some guys that I would really rather have uh, over Hawk uh, in 
uh, redraft especially. So thanks for your question. Space Ghost, just hop in there and let me know uh, if you think everything sounds good. Thumbs up. Perfect. So uh, next question is from Space Ghost on Miles Sanders. Um, how I feel about him. I, I just moved him up my rankings a little bit. Um, either Ray Q or Michael Liu, uh, they're both associated, so I get them mixed up sometimes. Both uh, tweet some very good um, topics. I commented that Al Sanders is already the outlier that we are, are talking about him being. Look at the uh, percentage of that backfield and offense that he got, especially towards the middle and end of that season, it was that you know seventy five percent, eighty percent of the backfield um, pass catching work, and uh, they didn't draft anybody. Um, so I think they are definitely committed. Miles Sanders, um, I'm, I'm higher on him a post uh, NFL draft than I was pre draft. I thought the Eagles might sneak somebody in there, but they haven't picked up any free agents. They haven't picked up anybody in the draft. Um, I mean, they did. They got Michael Warren like way late in the draft. But uh, Sanders is definitely – this is his backfield. He got like 240 touches last year. I, don't, I do think he's capped. I don't, I don't see him getting 300. I definitely see him uh, stepping up to 275, 280 touches range. So uh, Damian Harris uh, hype, hype, hopped in here again. Any feelings about Geis one way or the other? Follow-up question. What do you like most from Miami pass, cap, pass catchers, given their ADP, Dante Parker, Jacecki, Justin Williams, and uh, you must do half-point half PPR. That's great. That's how the, uh, the fantasy footballers would have it. Um, I put a little note here. I'm sitting here wondering if the Damian Harris guy is ever going to ask me about Damian Harris. I thought that was funny. Uh, Geis is a stay away from me. Um, if he stays healthy and goes off, it's going to be on someone else's team. Um, I just, you know, there was so much hype and, and, and he had the injuries. He had the complications with all of the infections. Um, came back. I don't know. Did he play like two plays or something? Got hurt again. His chance of injury is way too high uh, for me. Um, you know, in Dynasty, his his price has gotten down to where you could take a stab at him. Um, but in redraft, um, way too important for me to get guys that are going to be healthy. And, yes, anybody can get hurt on any given day. Let's check uh, Geis's um, ADP here really quick. 609, according to the fantasy football calculator, is his ADP. In that range, you've got Jarvis Landry. Uh, <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a big Landry fan. He's so underrated. Never missed a game. Um, perennial, you know, back-end wide receiver one, wide receiver two, just gets it done. Um, I would definitely be taking him there. Uh, Sony uh, Michelle, uh, his feet. Damian Williams is going after him. Um, I think you're, people are going to be surprised with some of these rookies this year, especially coming out of the gate. 
not knowing the uh, offense. Uh, so I don't mind even taking Damian Williams there. A um, couple of rookies going after him, Keyshawn Vaughn and J.K. Dobbins. Michael Gallup is going around after him. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know I love Michael uh, Gallup. Ronald Jones is going a whole round after him. I think Ronald Jones is going to get the chance to take that backfield this year. Um, so that's an example of uh, several people I would take over Darius Geis. And if he goes off and, and you know, stays healthy, then, you know, then I'm wrong. But uh, I just I can't risk it. Um, I feel the same way I felt about A.J. Green last year and just told everybody stay away and, and just he, he barely got on the field. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, thanks for your question, sir. Uncle Tony, in a growing amount of love for Anthony Miller, I tend to agree with that trend. I really like his talent. The offense seems to be destined to only support one wide receiver and maybe a running back. The offense in Chicago, too weak to invest in other than Allen Robinson and expect a weekly play. I'm very well thought out and very well worded question. Uncle Tony. Um, Robinson and, and Montgomery are the only guys I'm vest, uh, investing in in this offense. Maybe a really late Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, if I don't get a top, top, top five tight end in redraft, I'm punting. And if I don't get the punt that I want, you know, I would stack a couple guys really late, like grab a Doyle and a Graham or Kyle Rudolph and Graham, but uh, pretty much uh, Allen Robinson and Montgomery are the only guys I'm looking uh, for here. And fantasy people should really be crossing their fingers that uh, Nick Foles gets the job. Uh, Trubisky just came out yesterday and said that's his team, but uh, Chicago's made it very clear, uh, clear that that's going to be a competition. But uh, Anthony M Miller, uh, several injuries, some shoulder injuries. Those shoulder injuries could come back really easily know that we all wanted him to be a thing answered your own question really um is this offense uh good enough to support any more than you know just Allen robinson as a weekly play uh you know you answered your own question there um I i'm i'm not drafting anthony miller uh i don't have any dynasty shares of him uh either so How do you have Dalvin Cook ranked so low? <laughs> uh, so my rankings are all dynasty. You go to cantcutlist.com. Our rankings are also Superflex Dynasty, which is something a lot of people don't do. Hopefully you like Superflex formats. But uh, yeah, I got a lot of flack for Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. I don't have them critically low. I have them number 11 and number 12 in my dynasty rankings. Uh, for uh, Cook, it really has to do, and I'm going to lump Cook and Mixon in here in the same, even though you didn't ask about them. Uh, <clears throat> uh, for me, it's really Mixon's never put together a season that's that's cracked the top 10, and uh, Cook hasn't put together a, a full uh, season. You know, he's uh, continuously getting hurt. Big injury risk there. Uh Shout out to our Adam Hutchinson doc on uh, Droppables. Uh, put out an article about Cook and how likely uh, his, some, some of his re-injuries are to occur. Um, and also it's contracts. So we're doing Dynasty, and uh, I don't really do a model when I do my uh, uh, 
rankings, but I look at opportunity, coaching, um, players on their way up, players on their way down, age, and contract. And uh, both of these guys uh, have threatened to hold out. Cook wants $13 million. He's not going to get it. Um, they would have to restructure. I think they are $8.8 million over, uh, under the cap, so they don't have the money that he wants. I think he'd be more likely to get like nine or ten million. Uh, I hope he takes it because that team is much better uh, with him. Um, one of our undroppables members, uh, Terminator Randall Cunningham, had a great thread. Check it out uh, yesterday. Just go to at Terminator at FF Terminator and look at his uh, mentions and scroll to yesterday because he had a great thread on Dalvin Cook and how much better that team was efficiently uh, in in the red zone. Uh, points scored and uh, their overall record with Dalvin Cook on the field and rushing for more than 100 yards. So I think he's got some leverage there. I think they will re-sign him, but I, I need these guys to get re-signed to push them back into the top 10. They really should be ranked number six and seven or number seven and eight is really where these guys should be ranked. And if they were locked up right now, contract-wise, uh, they uh, would be. Um you know, the Vikings let Diggs walk when he wanted more money. So we don't know what this team's going to do. Um, thanks for the question. Ernells asked, how do you feel about Ronald Jones? We mentioned him earlier. Um, I was off the Ronald Jones train for two years. Um, he didn't really excite me. Um, I thought he was a one-hit you know, north-south runner, not that versatile. But uh, – he showed up last year towards the end of the season and uh, put together some nice games. A lot of people would be surprised to hear that he actually caught 30 balls for 300 yards last year. Um, he knows that offense. I know they brought in Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, but I think the incumbent starter will get the first crack at it. Um, and really, for me, it's about ADP. Um, Ronald Jones' ADP has settled into an area – where um, where I don't mind uh, it and don't mind taking the risk there. And some people might be surprised to hear that I would rather take Ronald Jones than Darius Geis. But, I mean, that's just – that's that's me. That's where I'm at. You can get right now per fantasy football calculator Ronald Jones at the back of the seventh round, you know, and, and that's just – this average draft position, you know, in your draft, he might fall to the eighth or the ninth round. Uh, snag him up at that price um, all day long, all day long. Um, thank you for your question. Next one is from uh, Drop Bear. Drop Bear, I noticed that you listed Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton sleepers. Giants, but not Golden Tate. Tate did have the highest uh, receptions um, uh, of these three receivers last year. I'm sorry, I meant to look that up. I'm. Uh, it's he put R A C R, trying to figure out what that stands for. Anyway, um, besides his age, is there a major major reason why you're leaving him off your sleepers list? Uh, thanks for bringing up the sleepers list. If you go to kcutlist.com. Uh, I go in there and update it quite often. And uh, this is the first year that it's through the website, but it is free. Um, 
And uh, it really with Tate, it, it, it boils down to we know what we're getting with Tate. Um, when he's out there and, and rolling, he is a PPR machine. He's got the talent. Um, he's got that offense down now. You know, he moved around the league, but he's been uh, he's been here now for a couple of years. Um, he's getting up there. I think he's 32. On Dynasty, I'm definitely a little down on him. But um, uh, it pretty much has to do with with that, you know, that, that no one's sleeping on what Golden Tate can do. He's, he's a safe pick, and he's a, a PPR target machine. Um, the reason why I listed those younger guys is uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, when all three of those guys were on the field, uh, even when uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton were, were out there together, out-targeted all of them. Um, I know he's had trouble staying healthy, but I think if he can put together a full season, um, we would really be surprised. His, his stats, if you you know take him out across the whole season, uh, was a, a solid wide receiver too. Uh, Darius Slayton is the hotness right now. I mean, when you talk about value versus ADP, I really like um, taking uh, Shepard who's going after Slayton. Um, Slayton's a big play guy. He's going 903 right now. And uh, Shepard, I'm sure, is way far down here. Uh, yeah, 1202. So, you know, for that three-round discount, give me Sterling Shepard all day. But uh, <clears throat> Slayton could definitely take over this offense. I think that big plays uh, could even things out, but I think Shepard will be um, the target leader, leader if he stays healthy. You drop bear for your question. That helps. Basically, all three of those guys um, can be drafted and uh, have value. Um, it's one of those situations where I might take the one that goes the latest. It's kind of always our Rams thing, you know, At Cooks and uh, or you had Cooks and Woods and Cup. And, and uh, I think it was the footballers that said, just, you know, I'll take whichever one goes last. And a lot of times that was Cooper Cup. Um, Amazingly, you know, turning best value out of those three. Space Ghost Force on here. You know, we talk about Seinfeld, me, uh, Space Ghost, and uh, Terminator, all big Seinfeld fans. And uh, Avi on uh, Space Ghost Avi on uh, Twitter is uh, George from Seinfeld. So, do you love the Drake or do you hate the Drake? Uh, that's the shout out, Seinfeld. Um, I think he is the, you know, oh, Seinfeld here. Do you think he has the man hands to get the job done? Very nice. Nicely done, Space Ghost, ADP value-wise. Um, let's look at uh, Drake. That's why I just pulled up the calculator here today because uh, it was going to come in so handy. Um, yeah, Kenyon Drake is going in the first round right now. Um I think he is the man. I was so happy when uh, when Miami traded him uh, to Arizona. I tweeted out right away that this was going to be great for his fantasy production um, and caught a lot of flack for that. But uh, he is the man there. He's the RB1. He's got the PPR upside. That offense is going to be very pass happy. I wouldn't be surprised to see Murray throw for 600 attempts this year. I'm just struggling right now that I notice he's going in the first round. Um, I don't know why that has me st just stopped in my tracks. 
DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones going after him, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm taking him in the first round, guys. Um, um, you know, I think he would have to fall into the second round and be my second pick um, to feel really, really comfortable. I would love to get Josh Jacobs or Sanders or Chubb and then Drake um, if I'm picking, you know, at the 111 or 112. I think I would feel way better about that. Um, if he's going to 111. That scares me right there a little bit. The 111 scares me. A lot of times in that situation, you know, I'd go, wow, I really want this guy, but go ahead and take this player X that I feel more solid about. And then the guy on the turn, the guy on the 12th pick that picks back-to-back, Hopefully he leaves him out there. You know, maybe he goes Julio and uh, Kelsey, and then and then Drake is still sitting there. I'd feel much better in that situation. Um, this is a good question here from Tart. Um, I love your guys' names. Um, Tart asked, is Gus Edwards good? Um, then he had a follow-up question, which was better. Uh, Gus Edwards is good, actually. Uh, uh, good uh, in college, good in the pros. He's going to be kind of buried on that depth chart. I don't know. They have more value next year um, as an RB2 in that offense to back up Dobbins. Uh, this year you're going to have a lot of Dobbins and Mark Ingram. Um, other situation that I've been talking about, you know, Mark Ingram isn't going to just allow himself to get benched. J.K. Dobbins, uh, he was a beast last year. A young 30 because he's always split time. But he's going to command a big chunk of that backfield. Dobbins will take over as the season goes along. And Gus Edwards is just really the top, uh, you know, handcuff for both of those guys, I guess. If one of them gets hurt, Gus will get, uh, will get some action. And when Ingram, uh, when they don't re-sign him, because I don't think they will, he'll be the, the, the backup next year. So a little bit of value this year, a little bit more value next year, and obviously injury dependent. Tart, your better question. Was uh, you have Tyler Lockett ranked higher than most, even above DK Metcalf in Dynasty? You see that offense playing out. Of the question, I am probably one of the only analysts you'll see ranking Tyler Lockett um, ahead of Metcalf. Had some things pulled up here. Um, first of all, looking at I have it pulled up still. That was still uh, <clears throat> Allen Robinson. Sorry. <clears throat> Lockett had number four quarterback rating. I'm just going to go by memory now. He had the number four co- quarterback rating when targeted last year. Um, and, and oddly enough, he had the number one quarterback rating when targeted in 2018 which was perfect. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Um, Russell Wilson's chemistry with Tyler Lockett is, is something just unbelievable. Uh, I hope that all of the, you that play fantasy football actually watch football. I know that sounds like a horrible, silly thing to say, but I know a lot of people that play this game and don't watch football. I just can't believe it. Um, you know, some of them is because of schedule, but some of them like the game within the game more than actually watching football. If you've never had a chance to watch the chemistry that 
Russell Wilson has with Tyler Lockett. It's unbelievable, especially on the deep ball. Uh, Lockett uh, was number three in the league with 17 red zone receptions last year. Um, he had 110 targets for 82 catches. Metcalf had 100 targets for 58 catches. I'm going off memory. I think I got this right, though. Uh, Lockett had eight touchdowns. Metcalf had seven. There's room for the rookie to improve and get more uh, targets, but Lockett is much more efficient with his. He was number two in the league scoring out of the slot. Um, and he's still relatively young. I will have to look that up. I think he's 27. Um, I just have always liked Tyler Lockett. I think that people are sleeping on him. Um, I put them back to back in my rankings for a reason, because I think that they both have very similar value right now. That being Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah. Lockett's 27. He still has a couple years left in his prime. He is signed uh, through 2021, becomes a restricted free agent in 2022. So he's got a couple good years left in him. Um, you know, honestly, Metcalf, because of the age, probably should be ranked a little higher. But I, I think I just always have to give that love to Lockett. I think he is uh, uh, hes a complete stud. And give me all your shares if you don't. I even traded Metcalf for Lockett straight up last year in Dynasty. I won that league, so uh, I don't think anybody can fault it. Gymnastic. I'm glad we got here because I actually notice uh, Gymnastic from Twitter. He's been a follower for, of mine and a good person to chat with about football on Twitter for uh, several years. So Jim, thanks for hopping in the Discord. Out of the three big rookie running backs, who do you think will have the most value two years from now? Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, or J.K. Dobbins? So you guys know I'm a Colts fan. Don't think this is a homer pick, though. Um, I'm Jonathan Taylor. I think most of the undroppables, at least the OGs, um, not necessarily all the contributors. I haven't polled everybody. Uh, I think most of us, if not all of us, are Taylor over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not that Edwards-Hilaire is a bad pick. just don't think he profiles as a – Workhorse back, I think that he'll get eventually you know, 55 to 65% of that backfield, which will be plenty for RB1 status. Jonathan Taylor is going to a great situation where Erlen Max in his contract year, there's no way that they're re-signing him. They said that on draft night when they traded up three spots and I went apeshit to being a Colts fan. I saw that draft board when I saw them Leap, Frog, Jaguars, and the Browns, somebody else, to move up three spots to take him. Yeah, that said something right there. Uh, they did not want the Jaguars to get him. They wanted him. They wanted to secure this running game. They've got the best offensive line in the league. It just moves bodies like, like the Goodfellas guys, you know? They take Billy Bats out to the – and, and and move them. They got to move them. The condos are going in. They move bodies like good. I love the Colts. That's my team. 
of the offensive line. I think that uh, just like all these other situations, and Swift is one that we'll talk about, the incumbents are going to take a little bit more of the work than we want. The question here is who's going to have the most value two years from now? Two years from now, we'll be one year removed from Jonathan Taylor having that backfield to himself. I think he will get 75, 80%. I mean, he was just an absolute beast in Wisconsin. So uh, Taylor's my pick. Uh, Dobbins is a great pick too. You know, Ingram will be gone. Edwards Hilaire, Damian Williams will eventually be gone. All these guys' values are going to go up. And as they say, it sounds cliche, can't go wrong. Uh, one of them's going to be wrong. Somebody's going to get hit, hurt. Somebody's going to bust. My money is with uh, Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm, I'm all in buying for uh, probably way over market value. Uh, Gurnals. It's a uh, Super Mario logo. I like that. Uh, <clears throat> how do you see Lynn Bowden's future in the Raiders offense under Gruden? Well, it is under Gruden because he signed like a 100-year contract. So um, see if I can get back track on, on track here. Bowden is the Raiders' Debo. Uh, you know, this is a copycat league. And teams are going to try and replicate that jet sweep guy, that guy that you can give the ball to in the running game, that guy will that will ball, uh, bowl people over. Uh, Bowden, they said, are gonna is going to be used – all over the field, um, slot, halfback, um, outside, maybe even a little quarterback. But this truncated offseason is going to hurt all of these rookies, guys. Um, it, it's great to say, you know, and, and the Jags say the same thing about LaVisca Chenault, who I love, Um they say the same thing that they're going to get him all involved. I mean, if you don't have the offseason in the training camp to be able to instill that very complicated offense, uh, to have a guy play that many positions and move around that much is going to require a very, very in-depth knowledge of the playbook and uh, and timeout on the field playing, not just uh, not just Madden. I joked about this on our pod last week. Um, Shameful plug, the Undroppables just did our first podcast, episode one. Uh, Randall Terminator, the host, myself, and BZB. And uh, we talked about this a little bit. You know, guys are playing Madden to try and get some chemistry going. It's it's kind of funny to me. Um, you know, you can't replicate that, that real game feel. Um, so... Bowden, I don't think, is ever going to be more than, you know, an eight or nine touch guy. I don't think that I would be um, investing a lot in that. Um, I think that that gadget play, that gadget guy, and I'm a little worried about Debo actually getting the volume that he needs too. If you look at his targets, he's very efficient with them. But these type of players might not be that consistent play that you're looking for. And um, I like the player. I just think that it may be quite some time before we see him installed in that offense the way that they want him to. And uh, maybe, you know, with a lot of these rookies, if you like them um, and you didn't get them, 
go ahead and let the season start and 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 let owners get frustrated with them not seeing the field or getting very very little playing time. I'm not talking about all of them. Uh, C.D. Lamb will get out there right away. Michael Pittman Jr. probably T. Higgins, uh, Denzel Mims, um, Henry Ruggs. You know those guys are going to be out there right away. But some of these other guys. I don't know that they'll see the field right away. And then basically what I'm saying is you can wait, maybe trade for them mid-season or, or at the end of next season after a disappointing year. Just like this year, you know, if you were up on Arshega Whiteside or Kelvin Harmon or some of those guys, you could be getting really cheap shares of them right now if you still believe in them because they didn't do much last year. That was a lot of time to be put into Lynn Bowden Jr. <laughs> Uh, next questions from a Colts fan. T Money Twenty One. I love your Colts avatar. If you're in here, uh, you already know. Already know. What is Philip Rivers' ceiling for fantasy this season? Smoking is bad. Didn't smoke. It's horrible for you. He says QB fifteen, QB ten. No, Rivers is not going to be asked to do a lot. Um, I think he could be very efficient with a great offensive line and a great running game. He's not going to be throwing for 404. His upside is not top five, uh, maybe right inside of the top 10, depending on how everybody else goes. You know, if you look at these seasons, you know, sometimes you got guys throwing for, you know, 5,800 yards and 50 touchdowns. And then some seasons, the top guys throw for 38, you know, so it really depends on what happens with it with everybody else, but um, I think he's got a uh, top 10 ceiling, like eight, nine, 10 ceiling, likely more a mid to back end uh, quarterback too. Uh, so in redraft, you're, you know, using him to stream or fill in bye weeks or whatever. Uh, Dynasty, I think he does have a two-year outlook, even though he signed a one-year contract. The team has already said they want, uh, to sign him for another year, and Rivers has already said he wants to play for another year. So those of you guys worried about taking him in Dynasty and worried that you've only got one year, um, I think you've got two. And I am getting to the end of where I've got any notes. So from now on, on it'll be from now on it'll be kind of off the cuff here. Uh, also important to note, I've mentioned this on the pod too. Rivers has organized seven on seven drills that's going to start as early as next week. Um, this is the only team that I know of that's doing a seven-on-seven seven drill situation that could really help the chemistry there. I know a lot of guys are working one-on-one or uh, or one-on-two. I know that Goff is working with Akers and uh, Hopkins, uh, Bryson Hopkins. I know that uh, Haskins is working with uh, McLaurin and um, and Harmon. Uh, you hear about you know uh, Ryan's working out with uh, Hurst and uh, and Russell Gage. You know, I've heard a lot of, you know, one quarterback, a couple playmakers out there, but I haven't heard of any seven-on-seven seven organizing, so Phillip Rivers might be the first one to pull that off. That could really help us. <clears throat> uh, Damian Harris. I don't know. Are you going to ever ask me about Damian Harris? It's a good question right now with Sony's foot uh, surgery. No, wait. Uh, do you have a strategy you like at the 101 of team half point PPR, four point passing touchdowns? We're always including the format. Something that people 
told you on Twitter enough. I scold them sometimes and say, you know the drill. You know, you're not telling us it's this tight end premium PPR super flex. Uh, anyway, the 101 this year, I think you got to, you know, just close your eyes and take McCaffrey. And uh, obviously, the question has to do more with what you're doing coming back on the turn. Coming back on that turn, I would definitely take um, the best running back available and then uh, a top wide receiver. Or this is a point when if I don't like that wide receiver and I feel like I've gone down, uh, I'll take a tight end. Um, I don't mind taking a tight end early in redrafts if I can secure Kelsey or Kittle or Ertz or Andrews. Uh, That's really about it. Um, Let's see where they're going here. Yeah, coming back on that turn right now, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, you'd be looking at like Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. You'd be looking at Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen. I mean, like I said, I would take the best of of one of each there. I've drafted uh, Kristen McCaffrey. I'm going to come back, solidify that backfield with probably Fournette if he's there because they're just going to run the piss out of him this year. And then uh, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen. I don't know. I don't know who I would go with right there. But I would take a top wide receiver, top running back. Um, Kelsey might be there. George Kittle would be there. Like I said, if those guys are gone, those those, uh, wide receivers are gone, I'm not going to go with Odell as a, or Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one. At that point, I'm going to take George Kittle. And then coming back, I would be looking at DK Metcalf, Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, one of those guys as my wide receiver one. I don't see as much of a drop between Odell, Amari, and those guys I just mentioned as George Kittle and the next guy. Um, one thing I'm going to talk about more and more and more this year uh, in articles, podcasts that I do, my Twitter handle is value over replacement. Uh, please study this game theory aspect of what we do. Really sorry about the smoking, guys. It's a bad habit. But it's all about that player that you're taking. If you skip him, what's the dip in points production? the next guy you're getting versus this other choice it's value over replacement in that situation if those top tier wide receivers are gone the value of Kittle uh over even you know the next you know Andrews or Ertz to me is way way more uh valuable than taking Amari Cooper and then you know all those other tight ends go and later on you're just punting uh I I'm just as fine with Robert Woods or DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett as my uh, DJ Moore as my wide receiver one, honestly, and having the two top running backs and uh, and one of the top two tight ends. Uh, another part about this game that we play is being your man at that position. Kelsey or Kittle, you're winning that position. It's risky, guys. You got to do it when the time is right. You got to do it when it makes sense. That's why I answered that question the way I did earlier. What's your strategy? Do you go running back, running back, wide receiver? You know, I don't do any of those things. I do what makes sense based on the value that's on the board every single time. 
Um, Ian Harris, great questions, great questions. Uh, Space Ghost Force posted a question for our doctor. I mentioned a few times, Adam Hutchinson. Alan Robinson, yay or nay? Uh, I did put some notes in here. Um, Alan Robinson was wide receiver eight in PPR last year. Several years uh, not producing, but we knew that he had it in him. Um, he was a wide receiver one in that uh, crazy year where him and Alan Hearns were both uh, wide receiver ones with, uh, I think, Blake Bortles. I think that was Blake Bortles back there. But, uh, yeah, this is crazy. I mean, he had 151 targets last year. 154, I'm sorry. He had 151 in 2015 and 2016. Finished wide receiver six in 2015 and wide receiver 24 in 2016 with the same amount of targets. He had a huge touchdown regression that year. He went from 14 touchdowns to six. 14 was probably more than what he should have scored with that amount. Six was less. This year with 154 targets, which is interesting, that's back in his wheelhouse. He had seven. Um, you know, really, I think you should be at about a nine or 10 touchdown rate. So this guy is famous for outkicking his uh, touchdown uh, model targets or or getting or falling way short. But last year, um, he had 98 catches for 1147 yards, seven touchdowns, finished as the wide receiver eight. And uh, he had some really good metrics here on player profiler that I looked up earlier. <clears throat> Number seven in snap share. 97% snap share, so he's out there. You want your guy out there. 97% of the snaps, that's huge. 24% in the slot. Uh, number 12 uh, on pass plays at 39.1. Number nine at uh, route percentage, so he's running around 90.2% of the time he's out there. Uh, number four in targets at 153. Number eight in deep targets at 27 uh, number five in target rate at 27%, number 13 in hog rate at 16%, number six in receptions at 98, number 13 in yards, 1147, number six in completed air yards, 908, um, number nine in red zone receptions, 11, number 13 in total yards, number nine in fantasy points per game. I mean, that's solid. You know, you're looking at two rows of metrics with him ranking between five and 12 in all of those metrics. I'm pointing that out because when you look at a lot of player profilers and uh, shout out to Roto Underworld for putting that together, Matt Kelly, the uh, pod father, um, they do great work over there. You never see that kind of consistency. That's really, really, really consistent, efficient. Um Number six in target distribution. Number five in contested catch rate. It's pretty big. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that are talking about Allen Robinson this year. I played a little bit of a um, – I played a little bit of a game. I went on Twitter and said, you guys are all saying you're buying Allen Robinson, but no, nobody's buying Allen Robinson because I had him on the block in two of my leagues. And I started looking into all these things that we just mentioned, and I thought, 
if nobody's buying him from me and he looks this good, why aren't I buying him? So I actually went out and, and acquired three shares. So I've went from two to five shares and I'm buying more. So I, I, I went from a seller to a buyer um, pretty quickly there just because um, it told me that the uh, fantasy industry is underrating him. Time. Uh, Space Ghost Force asks, you've got both Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly on your sleeper list this year. Do you see that backfield playing out? Also, how do you feel about dra drafting Eckler at his ADP? I think we did already talk about Eckler. I don't mind some dynasty shares uh, where you don't have to spend a first round first rounder. Um, like I said in, in redraft, I don't want to spend that first rounder on him. Um, <laughs> how do you see the backfield playing out? Why are both these guys on the sleeper list? It's because I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think you could get shares of Jackson and Kelly and uh, see how this plays out. Eckler's not going to be taking all the between the tackles and all the goal line runs. So one of these guys is going to emerge, I would think, unless they both get, you know, 22% of the backfield and he gets the other 66, you know, uh, or uh, bad math. 58. <laughs> um, one of these guys is going to emerge. That's why they're both on my sleeper list. We'll see how it plays out in tra training camp the beginning of the season, but uh, I just don't know if it's Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly. Love to hear your comments. Feel free to go see me at Pauly Sleepers on Twitter. Follow me. A big follow back train today. I followed a bunch of people back. Um, and I'd love to talk to you about why you think one over the other. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> Matt Bereda uh, kind of muddles up that backfield, which RB stands more. Um, a lot of people are on the Jordan Howard train, and uh, he is criminally underrated. Um, he's been a very consistent fantasy producer, but that Shan Gailey offense, I think, will benefit fit at Bereda's outside zone blocking style that he showed really well uh, with San Fran. Um, I think that Matt Bereda might surprise some people that think that Jordan Howard going to be the guy. Um, Breda does have multiple injury issues over the last few years, but he plays through a lot of them. The guy is a lot tougher than we give him credit for. Plays through more injuries than, than what sideline. Um, he does muddy up the bad field. It's a good question, but I think that um, you can take a really late stab at him and, uh, and see some value there. See if I can find out real quick where he's going. He's going at 805 in redraft right now. Uh, James White and Marlon Mack and Jordan Howard are all right there. This is interesting. According to Fantasy Football Calculator, Matt Barreto is actually going ahead of Jordan Howard. Um, I would assume that he would have fallen a lot more. You've got Philip Lindsay right in that range, too. Um, out of all those guys, I don't know that Barreto is the guy that I would pick. I assume that his ADP was lower. Again, we're getting to the part of the section that I haven't, I didn't research because these questions were today and I worked all day. Um, yeah, ADP-wise, I would much rather have uh, any of those other guys, uh, Mac, Howard, James White, Philip Lindsay. So if he falls uh, to the 10th or 12th round, then uh, 10th, 11th round, whatever, then I'll, I'll take
will be the number one Giants pass catcher, including Ingram and Saquon in the mix. Uh, yeah, Saquon's going to lead that, I think. Um, pretty easy if he stays healthy. Why the Jonu Smith hype this year? And these are all questions from Space Ghost Force. I'm glad that uh, you got him in there. Uh, I get that Delaney Walker's gone, but in games where he played 70% of the snaps, he finished with a ceiling of 16.8, which is a floor of 0.4.7 and one <laughs> point PPR. Good question. Um, I'm big on Smith this year. You've uh, got to watch some film of this guy. Go to YouTube, type up Jonu Smith. My God. Um, and he came on stronger at the end of the year. He used him as a running back um, for plays where he splits safeties. So the safeties converged and he had the speed to get um, through them and behind them. Um, had some great circus catches in the end zone. I mean, like, really like DeAndre Hopkins, Leo Jones-esque Catches in the end zone that were just amazing ball tracking skills. Really, really love this kid. I think he's going to emerge with uh, being the number one option in that offense. I only had 44 targets last year. Um, three touchdowns, which is pretty good for 44 targets. But uh, you know, a lot of that came on towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, last three games. Uh, 9.7 fantasy points, 12 fantasy points, 15.8 fantasy points. Had two touchdowns in those last three games. A um, little bit more consistent with the targets there. I think that's when I really saw him come on. A couple big rushes there. He had a 57-yard rush. Um, I like that versatility that he showed, and I like the chemistry that he developed with uh, Tannehill towards the end of the season. You're right. Great, great question because he was all over the place, up and down. But uh, you know, his snaps were also all over the place. A lot more consistent towards the end of the year where you see weeks 12 through 17, he got uh, 81 to 94% of the snaps. So I think that consistency will make for uh, a solid tight end one this year. He's a guy that if I miss on one of those top guys, I'm easily punting uh, with uh, – Joe knew. Notes are gone. See what else we got here, guys? A space ghost. You hit a number uh, on a number of breakouts last year. Do you contribute that success to a specific metric? Uh, for those that you missed on, do you change anything in your process for this season? Or were they flukes that you really couldn't avoid? Uh, Ghost says we can wrap it up. Yeah, because we are getting towards the end of the questions here. Actually, there are a lot more questions. You guys want to stay on a little bit? After 10, we'll get through these a little bit quicker because uh, I didn't see how many questions have been posted since 5 o'clock. You know, the sleeper thing is really... Um, Offensive play calling style, players that fit that style. I liked McLaurin last year because of his unbelievable connection with uh, Haskins in college. They had one of the best prolific 
ups uh, at Ohio State that we've ever seen. So that's why I was on McLaurin. Uh, I was on Singletary because I really, really, really like that contact balance. I think that's a, an attribute that's um, that's overlooked. I, I do a lot of film study. I'm getting more into the analytical side of things, um, but um, I do a lot more film study, path to production, uh, coaching tendencies, things like that lead me to my sleepers. Um, Roheen Mostert last year was a big hit on me. Michael Gallup just uh, liked their fit in that offense and their emergence. And Mostert's was due to a lot of injuries, but uh, um, Gallup was another big one for me last year. I liked uh, how he flashed his rookie year. So, um, no, I'm really starting to get more into, and Blake Hampton over the Adroppables is helping me get more into the analytical side of things, but there isn't one model that's perfect, just like there isn't one home analyst that per- that's perfect. You know, we're, we wouldn't be here if there wasn't. So uh, it's, a, it's a mixture of a ton of things and uh, reading a lot of tea leaves too. Uh, saw your tweet about too many mouths. Can you elaborate? Man 1406. Excellent. Uh, Michael Reedy jumped in on that. Mike Hampton also talked about it on the astronauts. Let me break it down uh, quickly because I want to get through a bunch of questions here. Didn't realize how many more questions there were. Um, really, you look at elite talent, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as too many mouths to feed. Elite talent, someone who earns the ball, is not going to have the ball taken away from, from uh, by another great talent. Um, the mouths that, that have problems are the Jags, you know, um, the, the tier three and four wide receiver guys that are out there. Um, for example, there's 180 vacated targets in, in Dallas. So C.D. Lamb's not taking for, from uh, Gallup. I think they're all going to eat. I think John Brown will eat. I don't think Diggs will take any of his targets. I think he's going to take away from Robert Foster and Cole Beasley and those guys. Another big example I had the other day was, you know, um, Michael Thomas went from 105 targets to 125 targets to 148 targets. Think that that would affect Alvin Kamara? It didn't. He caught 81 balls all three years because elite talent's going to eat. Uh, another one is Dallas Godert. Um, people warned a couple years ago that he would hurt Zach Ertz's value, especially coming into the same position. And uh, Ertz had his best season ever. Uh, with 153 targets, rookie year last year he had 133 targets and his second best AC season, still 30 percent more than he ever got four years before Godert came to town. He was getting 105, 108 targets, so he actually got better with Godert in town. Um, use that example, Michael Thomas. Um, I don't think that you know Allen or uh, uh, who's the guy going to Carolina. Bobby Anderson is not going to take from uh, DJ Moore, um, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, elite talent, you don't have to worry about. They're going to earn their targets. Um, target is going to get hurt by the little guy. And uh, Michael Reedy's stats um, back that up, too. He looked into it. You know, it doesn't hurt big players as much as it hurts uh, the small players. If you look at Travis Kelsey and what he did before Tiger got to town, same thing. Not heard to Blake's podcast with the astronauts yet. That's queued up for tonight, but I'm interested to hear what he says because he does a lot more 
analytical stuff. I think we'll do better this season. Blake Jarwin or Jonu Smith. Uh, Blake Jarwin's also a sleeper for me. Um, you know, they're in that same range of um, possible breakouts. I'd be a little worried about him being one of those guys that loses the targets. Now that CD Lamb's out there and you've got Cooper Lamb and Gallup. So um, uh, he was a sleeper for me and he's definitely gone down in my rankings a little bit since they drafted Lamb. He could suffer there a little bit. Um, either one of them is a good throw later in drafts, but I would go with Joni Smith right now. I mean, here's hype. How do you like Rojo this season? Uh, how do you see that backfield shake out? Damien, we talked about that already. Um, Akers or Hunt at their ADP? I like Hunt right now. I'm buying a lot of shares in, in Dynasty. Uh, the team said they're going to use him in the slot. Uh, I could see the Browns this year being 2017 Saints with, uh, with uh, Chubb being Ingram and uh, Hunt being Kamara. Uh, definitely. Lots of mouths to feed there. Lots of opportunities. I love Hunt right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gobbling him up. Yeah, Akers, I think, will take over that uh, backfield. I'm not a Daryl Henderson fan at all. Malcolm Brown is just a jag. Akers is already working out with Goff. Uh, so uh, he's a guy. All those rookies are going to go too high in redraft, though. Um, no, is Cup still a baller? Or will McVay really shift to 12 personnel? Will that ruin Cup's value? Great question. Cup, during, due to being one of the top red zone uh, threats in the league when he's out there, um, still maintained his value last year when his targets went down, uh, getting those touchdowns. As long as that red zone efficiency continues, which he's always had it, um, I think he will stay up there. Maybe a little bit of a hit to his PPR upside, but uh, I think the touchdowns will even a little bit of that out. Your late round TD tight end crush. Smith. At Ryan on an even year, copper drop. That's Gurnall's. It's science now. You know, Matt Ryan's second year in an offense is uh, every other year is always a top five finish. And then the other years are 13 to 16 range. So, uh, yeah, this is his year. It's science. I, I love Joe Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan. I always love snatching those guys up. This is, you know, it's stupid, but uh, it's been so true for so long. Space uh, Ghost Force says, what's up, Beasy? Miles Sanders worthy of a late first, early second. Seen him go before guys like Henry. Uh, you're talking redraft? Uh, uh, right now, he's an early second round, early to mid-second rounder. I would take Derrick Henry first. They just He's going to run the shit out of that ball. You're talking about somebody that's going to get 320 series versus somebody that's going to get, you know, 240. I mean, just do the math. Even with the PPR upside, um, Derrick Henry's going to get all of those red zone opportunities. Line touches. Um, on Clyde Edward Hilaire's redraft ADP. This is from Toilet Friend. And you guys with the names. Uh, he was RB4, RB14, he says. Um, you know, again, I think all these rookies are going to go a little too high for my taste. Um, just with the, with the shortened offseason, I got that word truncated from Randall. Um, yeah, 209. Um, 
which that puts them as the uh, as what two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, RB fourteen. Well, damn, I didn't even have to look it up. All right, from now on, when you quote something, I won't look it up because you're right on point. Uh, no, no, it's too early for me. Um, I think they will stick with a lot of the same guys. Uh, I do see him winning the job over Damian Williams, not right in the beginning. Is Nikhil Harry going to be good dynasty or even redraft? This is from Brees Hall Stan. Um, interesting logo, Taco Charlton maybe. Um, and one expert come in here and say he'd always be dead. And another say that the Harry Stidham stack is a favorite of his. Uh, no, if I would just fall right in between those two experts, uh, I think I'd be good. Not ready to call him dead. I'm not ready to talk about the Harry Stidham stack. I don't know what's going on there. Um, Harry admittedly had problems with the playbook last year. He had problems with injuries. Basically, Belichick redshirted his ass. I was really surprised, but, um, you know, it's a complex offense. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple other guys. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy that just had a great, great, great rapport with Stidham in the preseason last year. There was a bunch of hype on him, and then he didn't do anything. I um, can't remember his name. But uh, Dynasty, you know, his value is way, way down there. Dynasty, um, I meant like his ADP, not his value. But, yeah, I, I'm not doing anything redraft-related with Nikhil Harry at all. There's there's no way I'm, best, I'm investing there. Not going to happen. And Dynasty, you can invest in him because he's way down here. I mean, I'm looking 14th round, still not there, going after. Yeah, going around Mike Miles Boykin, John Ross area. Definitely. Don't mind shares in Dynasty. Uh, I would not do redraft. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about um, a, a guy that says he can't do the – pick up the play good, but our, our Sega white side uh, did the same thing uh, for Philly and, and struggled. So um, these are complicated offenses. You know, sometimes the um, receivers that we want to be good don't ever get there because of complexities. Um, I'd say that his ADP has gotten to a great safe point for uh, investing in and dynasty if you still like him, but redraft. Tyler Boyd or AJ Green in half point PPR. Uh, it's Gurnals again. I, I just AJ Green. Um, I, I'm not taking him. I'm taking Tyler Boyd. Um, he's been a very consistent wide receiver too um, for a while now. Somebody posted a tweet. Guys, say that you're buying all the Allen Robinson, but you aren't buying Allen Robinson. It's a good tweet. It got 120 likes. Yeah, I, my whole my whole process changed there. No, if no one's if no one's buying, maybe I should be the one that's buying. Uh, Space Ghost Force he posted on here the uh, scripted co-host he posted our uh, undroppables um, podcast on here. Thanks. Um, our dynasty rankings on here, and uh, that's it. Tart says thank you, thank you, Tart. We went fifteen minutes long. Kobe Myers was the name 
I was looking for. Uh, Tart coming in at the bell. I don't know, man. I mean, he had a great rapport with Stidham in the preseason last year. I think he caught everything he threw his way. Um, I might just throw him on my sleepers list as a shout out to the Discord. Um, he's free, you know, because people have forgotten about him. And honestly, anybody could emerge in that offense this year. It's going to be a whole situation with Stidham throwing the ball. Edelman will definitely eat, but who else is going to eat? Maybe Jacoby Myers seemed to really like the guy. Uh, adios, Freak Bird, thank you. Thanks for everybody for coming on. See Space Ghost is getting ready to uh, uh, to type. Uh, thanks. Follow me at Poly Sleepers. Follow the Undroppables. Uh, you can see our rankings and articles on CantCutList.com. Also coming on CantCutList.com, coming soon, a team analyzer where you can import your teams from Sleeper and get a grade. Uh, calculator. We're going to have the uncalculator. And uh, excited to be a part of the Undroppables. I think there's more hype around this group than any other fantasy group around right now for good reason. We've got some great minds, great energy, great things going. We Zoom all the time, always coming up with uh, great me- uh, ideas. We've got a lot of uh, um, peril that's going to be coming out. Special thing that's going to be coming out, probably not until 2021. Was my brainchild that I don't think we're gonna have time for. This is going to be an item that you could purchase that's going to blow you away. It's not going to be super expensive. It's gonna be a way for us to make some money because we aren't collecting money, anymore, guys. No Patreon, no nothing. All of the work that you get from Undroppables has been so far free. And if we can get some uh, merchandise money rolling, we'll keep it that way. So uh, thanks again. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All righty. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks again.